CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer, first week of the year. Again, want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Glad you've tuned in today. Look forward to being with you as we wrap up this week. Once again, if you're in the Southern Idaho area, love to see you in church on Sunday here at the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho, right where you turn to go to Shoshone Falls. Just follow Falls Avenue out. And turn, and you'll be right here. Church starts at 10 o'clock. And if you're joining us by radio, 1030. And we're going to continue our study looking in the book of Acts. So we want to just encourage you as we find how the early church operated and moved in the Holy Spirit. So important in these days as we move as well. You know, Luke tells us, in him we live, move, exist, and have our being. I pray we understand how important that is, like a fish in water, That's the way we need to be. And so once again, just to encourage you, we set this time aside every weekday afternoon, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at our world through a biblical view and uh, what we hear in church. Is it even in the Bible at all? So if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Love to make you part of the program today. Joining me today, special guest from Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus, and has a program, The Dacus Report, on the weekends. Hi, and welcome, Brad. Oh, thank you, Pastor Mike. It's great to be on the program. Thank you. Look forward to answering questions with you, all the crazy stuff going on. Now, I know a question that a lot of people have. Once once the Republicans can figure out who their um, uh, head person's going to be in the House, um, where do you think everything's going to go with this Hunter Biden laptop, the payola appears to be to Joe Biden. Uh, some pretty high crimes, actually, getting payola from Red China. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, the, the evidence is there without question. Uh, the, it was suppressed. It wasn't brought out uh, by the, uh, the Democrats who control the committees uh, in the past. But the House uh, committees are going to be investigating it. They're going to be releasing the information. Uh, you know, of course, there's also incredible information coming out of Twitter involving uh, the FBI and the role that the FBI played to suppress information uh, with taxpayer dollars, paying millions to, for, to Twitter to do that. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, corruption that's going to be coming to the surface. I think what the American people want is they want the truth. They want investigation. They want the truth. They, they want exposure. They want reform so it doesn't happen again. Um, and they also they'll want Congress in the House not to be uh, just totally focusing on investigations. They also want them to uh, to uh, get busy balancing spending, engaging in fiscal responsibility, uh, you know, dealing with our border issues and uh, policies that will encourage energy independence once again. Uh, I think this House has a lot uh, that the American people want from it, and uh, they need to take it very seriously, which I'm sure they will, uh, after they get this all resolved. (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, and this this marks the uh, two-year anniversary of the uh, the January 6th, the White House fiasco. Uh, And of course, we we know that that whole hearing was nothing but a clown dog and pony show. 
Uh, uh, it was uh, they deliberately did not let real information come out because then it would have been in public record to show that what they were doing, trying to frame somebody where this was not uh, not honest at all. And of course, the rotten American news media whipping it up. And of course, without the real facts there, because they were deliberately told they couldn't present it. Where do you think this is all going? Because it, it appears to just been a big dud, spending millions of dollars of taxpayers' money. Uh, what what's your what's your picture on this? Because uh, they're they're uh, you know still still going at it, but it, it just seems like there's just feathers in the gun now. Yeah, as we speak right now, Mike, there are people still behind bars um, for allegedly trespassing on the, the Capitol grounds. Uh, I've never seen this kind of continued uh, lack of due process. Uh, it's uh, We have people behind bars for longer time than they would spend if they were prosecuted and convicted of trespassing uh, the Capitol grounds. Um, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's very, very alarming. You know, had we, if we had a, Someone else in charge of the Department of Justice, someone else in charge uh, of the Oval Office. This wouldn't even be it, be happening now. You would have had, you know, no trial for 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 those that really weren't culpable of of committing uh, crime, and those who were the, the that small fringe number who were uh, crossing the line clearly, uh, they would have had a quick, swift prosecution. Uh, one up, one um, way or down the other, you know, guilty, innocent. But uh, this is a, a real stain on American due process so that this is happening in our country and uh, it needs to come to an end. What about the, um, what about the, uh, um, uh, the, the move to stifle Christians um, and, and the persecution that's coming against the church? You know, uh, it's not coming against the church the way I think a lot of people thought 50 years ago, it was going to come. Now it's coming that if, if you're not on board with the, uh, with the LBGT gang, if you're not on board with the woke, if you're not on board with, with uh, all this other stuff, then you're unloving, you're not Christian, you're not this, you're not that, this is hate speech, this is this, this is that. Uh, and they're, it appears that they're trying to use emotion rather than fact as the way it seems that our whole society is gone. If I feel like a girl today, I'm a girl. If I feel like a boy tomorrow, I'm a boy. Uh, We go by feelings and emotion rather than by fact. And it seems that this January 6th thing, uh, the, the way they're coming against evangelicals. And I think we need to be aware of this, that if you stand up and say, Hey, as a matter of fact, buddy, the Bible says that's wrong. Read Romans chapter one. Now all of a sudden you're a, a, a person of hate speech. What's your what's your thoughts and and what defense do we have now? I know for those listening, this is primarily what Brad Dacus does is defend churches, individuals when they stand up for rights, their personal rights, or whether they stand up for what the church says, or you know, county planning and zoning picking them out, trying to make them an, uh, uh, um, a spectacle where somebody else can do uh, something far worse. There's not a word being said. Where do you think it's going? Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, thanks for mentioning that uh, where I am from, So, because many people may not 
realize that uh, that I am the head of the Pacific Justice Institute and that we have 27 offices in 20 states all across the country, um, a bigger footprint than any other legal organization of our kind. And uh, we're having a huge impact. We have over 120 cases in litigation, more than any other organization of our kind. Uh, and we do it all without charge. So people need to take a note of our resources, pji.org. I'm going to say it one more time, pji.org. Uh, so they can get our case updates, but also know that we're here with lots of resources. So it's how I see it. Um, you're absolutely right. The anti-Christian uh, bigotry, hostility is manifesting itself in, in ways that uh, are somewhat unique. You know, number one, we have uh, so many people being purged from their, their jobs, Mike, you know, as you know, across the country because of their religious convictions and beliefs regarding uh, the controversial uh, COVID-19, uh, quote-unquote, vac- vaccines. Now, people have different belief- beliefs and opinions about this, so the issue is not the vaccines. The issue is the religious freedom that is there under Title VII to protect people from losing their jobs senselessly uh, simply because they don't want a vaccine that can be easily uh, accommodated, especially now that we know that the vaccines do not do anything to prevent the spread. They do not prevent um, yeah, people getting it and uh, transmitting it. Uh, we also know, also know that it's no longer the protective measure. 58% of people in, uh, the, in the, the month of August, it was tallied 58% of those who died from COVID were vaccinated. 58% were vaccinated. So it's not about, so it's all about emotion. Uh, it's almost cultic, if you will. It's not about reason, looking at the evidence, looking at uh, applying Title VII. So that's what we're doing preventing lots of brothers, sisters in Christ, thousands and thousands across America from losing their jobs. Uh, but we're also, you know, busy going to bat for for churches. You know, we've got a, a real important case out of Salinas, California. You know, we won the case before the Ninth Circuit on behalf of a church that was not allowed to move in the, into downtown Salinas, California, uh, because they weren't fun enough. That was the reason. They weren't fun enough. That's <laughs> their language, not mine. Um, you know, I... They, they could have at least choose, chose a word with two or three syllables that make it sound a little more intellectual. But anyway, so we took the case on. We won before the Ninth Circuit. We you know defeated Salinas. Salinas is appealing that Supreme Court. And now the Supreme Court has requested Pacific Justice Institute, uh, has requested us, we're defending the church, to respond to it in a brief. So we're, we've done that. And uh, there's a good chance the Supreme Court's going to take it up. It could be a major groundbreaking case for religious freedom moving forward. We have a Christian preschool rights for church to have a, a preschool. Uh, that's uh, We're litigating that. That's a big issue now. Uh, it's, it's something I never thought would be under attack is the ability for churches to have Christian preschools. Uh, and then we had a recent victory involving people who are on what I call medical death row. That is, they are, they're in a critical need for vital organs for an organ transplant. But uh, less than 10% of the hospitals are saying, no, we're not going to let you have a organ transplant if you're not vaxxed, uh, despite your religious beliefs, convictions, despite how critically you need this organ transplant, you have to be vaxxed, even though science doesn't support a need for it at all. Uh, so we at Pacific Justice, we've taken on these cases, and I have some good news. Uh, University of Michigan Medical School has decided uh, that the hospital have backed down, and an individual who was on medical death row effectively because they were being denied a critically needed organ transplant They've now gotten the permission because of our representation to get that organ transplant. 
and have a great shot at living a full uh, and abundant life. So um, it's it's real important. It's hitting on different angles. I gave just a few examples, but uh, we need to uh, to stand up to it. And the great news is God's given us a great constitution. Uh, he's given us a fantastic uh, Supreme Court, relatively speaking, and uh, he's given us uh, a lot of firepower at uh, PJI to uh, to uh, to do what uh, I believe God's called us to do, which was to to be an advocate for for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. So, well, I'm I'm really glad, uh, Brad, you're there for us. And again, I think uh, this new year is going to bring forth a lot of a lot of devils out of the out of the woodwork, because um, again, fact has no meaning. It's how you right. feel about it, and this is a dangerous thing. Because feelings change. You know, I heard a saying one time, feelings are neither right nor wrong. They're just there. Well, again, um, speaking of that in oftentimes in a Christian, well, I feel that this, it's what does the word of God say? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One of the things about feelings, the first thing they have to rule out, there is no truth. Once truth has been removed, then your feelings become preeminent. And once your feelings are ruling preeminently, then everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Well, this is a dangerous place because it affects everything. It affects all your society. It affects church members. It affects everything because no longer are we governed by truth, God's word, his facts, absolutes. But now we're governed by by the genre of the day, our feelings. How does society look at it? It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong anymore. So, Anyway, very good. Thank you so much for uh, being with us, Brad, today. Let's go answer some questions. We have Nancy on the line in Wisconsin. Hi, welcome. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. How can we help? Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I love your program. I listen to it every day, if at all possible. Uh, my first question is, it's, I understand through... Um, other things I've been listening to that we are to fear God, but yet the Bible indicates that we should not have fear. Um, that's my first question. And then my other question is if you're married, um, through the justice of the peace and not in the church, is it considered a sin after you're married? of having sex with your No, mom? Nancy. The Bible says to obey the laws of the land and uh, the the very the laws very clearly say that um a justice of the peace or something outside of the church that's uh, recognized by the state you're getting married in uh can perform a legal ceremony. And that fulfills uh I believe what the law has to say and certainly Brad uh, your thoughts on that, but when we go back to the Bible says the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, that doesn't mean that we're hiding behind our bed, biting our nails in, 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 in fear. The word fear there means to have that great, awesome respect for God. And I believe that, again, there is a lack of fear of God when people are using God in their cuss words or, or uh, you know, oh, my God, you know, you hear all this almost daily now. And almost every program on TV teaching children how to uh, take the name of the Lord in vain. So we, we find it kind of on a wholesale level. And that's the, that is the absence of the fear of God. But when you realize that God made everything 
and that my very breath, all of our breath, is in the hands of God, all of a sudden now I have that awesome respect for God. And that's what that means is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that awesome respect for God. Now, when the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death in Psalms 23, I will fear no evil. That means that I will not be scared of things external around me outside that because I realize that I'm in the hands of God. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, that's a, is a di- clear distinction between fear in terms of respect, respecting God as the almighty, omnipotent creator of all the world, of the universe and the elements of the universe, the laws of science, uh, the laws of biology, the laws of nature and nature's God. Uh, you know, when you, when you believe that in faith, you can't help but respect God and acknowledge God who he is. Sometimes in our society, we, I think sometimes trying to connect with people, uh, particularly non-believers, we downplay God and say, well, he's just a good buddy. And Hey man, upstairs and like, whoa, no, this is almighty God who's loving and intimate with those who want to have that personal relationship through faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But um, he is awesome, almighty, powerful God. And the beginning of wisdom is recognizing that because from him, all things come, all things hold together, all things are uh, moving and in existence and will be. Uh, so that's the good news about that. We have a, a loving Heavenly Father uh, who, who cares about us and is uh, someone who shouldn't be looked upon as just a loving uh, Santa Claus, but rather uh, an awesome, loving, omnipotent, all-powerful, awesome God. With regard to marriage, uh, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's not if, if you have a the ceremony in a church versus at a, a you know a town hall. I know some people will. Go ahead and get married at the you know the town hall at the at the, the the city city hall and and uh, have a judge and swear and then they may have a, a ceremony later on as well. Um, the key question here is is marriage itself and that is um, individuals often in our society today I hear them saying well we're living together but we're going to get married six months from now or a year from now and and I just tell them I say you know what. Because they say, we need, we need a big wedding. It's going to cost us a lot and, and, and this and that. And I said, you know what? Um, go to the justice of the peace. You know, just you know, get married. Because, uh, you know, what you're doing is you're, is you're living in sin and you're denying yourself the full blessings that God has for you that comes from obedience. And in this case, obedience to get married and, and not live in sin uh, out of wedlock. Uh, I once was brought into a church and I gave a sermon and the pastor wanted me to give a sermon on the blessings of marriage. I said, why? He says, I'm not telling you, just give the sermon. I gave the sermon and after I was done, the pastor told me afterwards, he says, we have at least six couples shacking up in our church and I wanted you to, to tell them to open their eyes to what they were missing by not being mm-hmm. obedient to the call of God when it comes to marriage. So the, the first thing is, is you know, understand the importance of marriage, uh, where it's done, how it's done, I think is uh, definitely far secondary to the importance of, of marriage. Amen. Hope that helps. Yes, it does. Thank you so much. Nancy, God bless you. Stay on the line, and we'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, the movie Jesus, the new thing I've been giving away. We'll get that out to you. And again, 
Happy New Year to you, and I'm glad you called. And if you need us, we're here for you. Let's go to Clarissa in California. Hi, welcome. Hi, how are you? Good. How may we help? Well, I'm going to try really hard to get through this without crying, but I'll give you a little background, not too much detail, but um, basically my my grandchildren were taken away from me and put in foster, well, given back to their mother. They were put in foster care in Arkansas. I was found unfit, which I'm not unfit. I've never hurt a child in my life. I can provide for them. And they found me unfit. Then, like, two or three years later, they gave them to my sister. She had them for a year. They were flourishing. They were doing wonderfully. And we're both Christians. And we very much clashed with their way of thinking. And after a year of the children doing wonderfully, they showed up with fabricated lies, distorted the truth, and yanked them out of the home. And I want to know what I can do, if anything. Brad, you're, I'm so glad you're with us today. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, first, I'm really sorry to hear about your situation. Uh, the, uh, it's, I'm sure it's very emotionally uh, you know, traumatic, and, uh, and especially when you perceive what uh, is, is best for the children uh, that they're not uh, presently necessarily receiving where they are. Uh, what I listened to, I was listening very carefully what you're saying, and you said that they're, they've been given back to the mother, uh, the, the biological mother, correct? No, no. I have no idea where the mother is. They've been placed back in foster care in Arkansas. Oh, so they're back in foster care in Arkansas. Okay. That's a, that's a big factor. Co- um, uh, and you have no idea. There's as far as the, the lies and things that were made up, um, where, what's the source of that? Do you know? Well, my sister, who had the children doing very well, her and her husband, they were doing so well, but they weren't doing so well with the caseworkers. And there became a lot of tension mm. and a lot of arguing. And that is where that stemmed from. And I don't want to tell you everything that happened because That's I don't okay. know how this is going to end. Right. But that is where it stemmed from as these caseworkers came into the home there was more and more mistrust. There was more and more tension growing in the home. And right. it it finally came to um, last Wednesday. I believe it was Wednesday. No, Tuesday. They just showed up. No warning to, my, to the children. No warning to my brother-in-law. No warning to my sister. And took the kids out of the home within that afternoon. Yeah. And, and, um, and what what court? I mean, is this just, uh, Brad, is this just like kangaroo court? They can do whatever they want. They don't answer to anybody? Because uh, yeah, to me, is, this is little lives are, involved here. Yeah, the kids are in foster care, which is very different than uh, the kids who were, you know, being who were adopted or, you know, actually with their parents. Uh, and there's uh, much more dis- discretion regarding social workers. Unfortunately, this discretion is a, has been abused and taken advantage of countless times at the expense of children being traumatized because what, when a child's even in a foster care home, um, they're still emotionally bonding. Every time that child is removed, it's just like taking flesh that's been grafted and just ripping it and ripping it, and it creates scars and, uh, and numbness, if you will, uh, for children uh, mentally and emotionally. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a, a serious problem that needs to be addressed. Uh, it was back in 1998, I believe, is when Congress passed legislation uh, not giving a uh, taking away the financial incentive 
for them to take children from families that wanted to adopt uh, because when they were adopted, then they would uh, social workers would no longer receive money uh, from the government. And uh, once the law was passed, saying, okay, government, you can still get money for those kids even though they're adopted. Then the adoption rate increased more than 400% in one year. So that just shows you how corrupt the CPS social service system is in most states. Um, on our website, we have a very important uh, article that's very helpful to those who have uh, threats to have their children taken. It's, it's called 12 Steps to Protect uh, Your Children from CPS or Social Workers is another name for it, but 12 Steps to Protect Your Children. Uh, I highly recommend uh, that every parent, every grandparent have a copy of this uh, and uh, to, uh, to, to utilize it. Also, different states vary in terms of the rights of grandparents and relatives. Uh, so, uh, you know, for example, in California, I've been to juvenile court and the, the, uh, the social workers and the attorneys said, well, you know, Your Honor, we've determined the grandparents are unfit. So we're not going to let the kids go with the grandparents. We're going to put them with these people over here who don't know the kids at all and have a very different worldview. Uh, we went and I, I was in court and uh, we went to bat and we pointed out, you know, Your Honor, there's no evidence to support this. Uh, they haven't even visited the grandparents. They haven't checked out the house of the grandparents. Um, and then the, the judge started yelling at me and I said, all, Your Honor, all I'm doing is asking you to abide by the laws of the state of California. That's my only request here today. And then she got really angry, and then she finally stopped and said, I've obviously crossed the line. I can't be unbiased any, anymore. And she uh, clanged the gavel, walked out of the courtroom, and then we had another judge come in and who said, get those kids with those grandparents right now. You have no evidence to support what you're doing. Um, that's how dramatic I've seen it. Um, so as a grandparent, you do have rights. They can't just arbitrarily deprive you as a rights as a relative to have the children. There has to be some kind of substantive information uh, provided. I encourage you to to uh, see if there's a, an attorney there in Arkansas. Perhaps we can refer one to you uh, that might be able to to give you some some uh, assistance. But um, uh, you know that's the, the key question is, is is evidentiary. What do they have to support it? Where did they get the information? From whom did they get the information? And uh, is it uh, enough to create a substantial uh, risk uh, to the welfare and health of those children. How does she get a hold of you real quick? We're coming upon a break, but very quickly, give your yes, address. Yes, and those who want that, that article, very important, go to pji.org, pji.org, and uh, we will uh, be happy to see if what we can do to, to counsel you further. Chris, and we're coming upon a break. We don't want you to go away or anybody else. We'll be right back. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 
855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Tragically, every minute, unborn babies' futures are sucked out of existence. But amid the darkness, there's a light that shines. Preborn introduces mothers considering abortion to their unborn babies through ultrasound. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees a precious life, the majority of the time, she will choose life. I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. All that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered. Preborn equips centers nationwide to save babies' lives and souls and has rescued over 200,000 babies' lives through ultrasound. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax-deductible. Your love can save a life. you back to part two of to every man and answer here on this friday afternoon once again want to just encourage you to come to church on sunday you don't make it part of your new year's resolution many of you listen to this broadcast all over southern idaho and you think you know i really need to do something more and i just want to encourage you hey this is a great place to do it we teach the bible here from cover to cover and one of the that's one of the things people are dying of right now my people perish god says for lack of knowledge not on how a transistor is made or how far it is to the moon. Lack of knowledge of God's word. Because you see, everything God does is based on that. Again, Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we'd like to invite you again, 10 o'clock Sunday morning in person, 1030 on the radio, anywhere in the world, mountain time. And we'd just like to encourage you, follow along with your Bible. We're in the book of Acts, and we're going to be studying together this Sunday morning. So I know you'll enjoy it. Going back to the phones, we have Carissa on the line, and we were just finishing up with this uh, problem with um, CPS, Child Protective Services, oftentimes being overbearing on uh, there because you don't see, you don't, you don't have um, <clears throat> uh, a, a secular worldview, you have a Christian worldview, and for some reason, they feel that they're protecting children from a Christian worldview, which up to just 50 years ago, everybody pretty much in church had a Christian worldview, but not anymore. And uh, again, we have been influenced horribly by our American news media, by the words and the songs on the radio, whether it be John Lennon or uh, the Fifth Dimension, it doesn't make any difference sharing all the world or being on the dawn of the age of Aquarius, everyone, we're not on the dawn of the age of Aquarius. The Bible says Jesus spoke of these days that we're in and what is coming, Matthew chapter 24, and said this, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. It isn't going to get better. You see, a world without God is not going to be a world of peace. It's going to be a world of says. You can't have peace without the Prince of Peace. And that's the way it's always been. So, Brad, in, in closing, you gave uh, her your address, pji.org. And um, for anybody else listening that find themselves 
in somewhat of a same weary point. Um, just tell us a little bit more about the this because you've had experience in this in child custody cases. Your thoughts? Right. Yeah. The, the critical thing where we can really assist people uh, is before the children are taken. So let me make this really clear to everyone out there: moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas. If you ever have a social worker investigating, or you even have any inclination of a social worker investigating your family uh, about something that was reported, you may think it's it's ridiculous. It's not true. There's no substance of this. We have nothing to worry about. We're not criminals. We're in a you know peaceful middle class neighborhood. We have nothing to worry fear. Au contraire, um, <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands of children are wrongfully taken. In fact, most children who are taken by social workers um, should not be taken. And that's according to a study by the Department of Health and Human Services a number of years ago. So uh, what parents need to do, they need to know what their rights are, how to handle it before it happens. So I strongly encourage everyone listening to this broadcast that have children or grandchildren, please download. It's free. There's no charge. There's no you know angle to this, okay? It's free. It's without charge on our website at pji.org. Just click Parents' Rights, and on there you'll see a number of articles and resources, opt-out forms and things. But what you want to click at, click is 12 Steps to Protect Your Children. It's so important, and you should have that printed out on hand at, uh, at all times and ready to contact us. We are here uh, even uh, after hours, after work hours. Uh, if you call us on you know, the recording, you'll, you'll hear it said, uh, if this is a, an emergency involving a social worker threatening to take your kids, call this other number. Well, that other number is my direct cell number. And I've taken calls late at night on the weekends. And I'm more than happy to do that. We have a great team of other attorneys now who are also assisting. So I hope that helps. Because again, you don't want to mess around with this. This is serious. Right. And again, um, these people get get uh, power hungry. And right. uh, they, they feel that they um, have no one really else that they have to answer to and um, they do. So, Chris, I hope that helps. Well, could I just get, um, I go to the, the website, because I went there and I called a phone number and they told me it was out of your scope and they wouldn't be able to help me. So I have to click on the article to get the right numbers? Yeah, you click on the article. Um, and what they, what they were talking about is uh, the fact that you're dealing with a situation that the children, where the children have already been taken um, and generally speaking, I mean, legally, that's outside our, 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 our threshold, if you will, after the children have been taken. Um, but I would be more than happy to, to talk to you about your particular situation, nonetheless. Um, so I tell you what, here's my direct, my direct cell number, and anyone else can write this down, too. I don't mind. It's 916-719-9510. I'm going to say it again. 916 916- Seven one nine nine five one zero. That's my direct personal cell phone. On this cell phone, I've got, um, and I don't mind people writing it down, but just uh, try to use some discernment uh, when you call me. Um, if it's a real emergency or you can't get a hold of someone else, I mean, you know, go ahead and feel free to call me. Otherwise, if you can call or contact PGI through the regular um, modus operandi. Uh, that would be most appreciated. But I'd be happy to talk to you after the show um, about your situation and, and where you might go from here. Hope that helps. 
Thank you for putting me on your show. Thank you guys a lot. Bye. God bless you. you. Stay online if you like. Send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy the movie Jesus. You'll enjoy it. Let's go to Bob in Washington. Hi, welcome. Uh, Bless you to you both, and thanks for taking my call. How Uh, may we? For Brad, the defense bill uh, compromised repeal the COVID vaccine for the military. However, this doesn't apply to the Guard and Reserve. And I live in a state where the governor, who is our commander-in-chief, is a staunch advocate for the vaccine. Um, do we have a remedy for this? I have lost a lot of phenomenal teammates uh, to this mandate. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you do. Actually, the, the legislation that was passed, you're, you're correct. It's not fully binding to everyone in armed forces. You're absolutely right on that. Uh, however, the fact that, uh, that it passed and was signed into law by President Biden on December 23rd, I believe it was, uh, is still nonetheless very compelling uh, in that um, it helps to just uh, truncate the state interest in compelling someone to have a vaccine that's no longer even required uh, on, on, on the uh, on a federal level, and that as far as the uh, what, what we just talked about. So, um, uh, I we have an office in Philadelphia with an attorney there with his expertise in military law. So I would go to our website if you're uh, in the armed forces, uh, any of the branches of the armed forces or, or National Guard, go to our website pji.org and a request for assistance, and uh, they will connect you with the attorney, uh, Karen White, who heads up our office in Philadelphia, uh, who has an expertise uh, in military law. We're representing a number of people, men and women in the military, uh, involving the VAX mandate. It's, it's outrageous. It's not supported any longer. There's no rational basis, as far as I'm concerned, supporting it. Doesn't prevent transmission. Uh, doesn't decrease uh, fatality rate. Um, it's, increases it, fatality rate is the problem. It increases, it increases fatality. Yeah, it is absolutely. And the good news is that, that some judges out there uh, in the cases that we've ever filed, they, they get it. They see it. They get it. And we're seeing the tables turn on the on the other side against them. And I think that's one reason why the, the uh, this bill was uh, that language was included in December 23rd language because uh, of the fact of uh, what we see happening in, in the courts. So please have all your people have them. Go to our website and have them contact our uh, Karen White out of our Philadelphia office. And uh, we have great resources on our website specifically for each of the branches of the military and armed forces. That should be a starting point. But also, we'd love to see if we can how we can help you. I hope that helps. It does. Thank you so much. And again, blessings to both of you. Yeah, blessings to you. Stay in line. We'll send you out the books, DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy them. With that, we'll go to Ken in Austin, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi, how's it going? God bless. Uh, I have two quick questions. My first question is from Hebrews 11.35. It says here, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might ha- can, uh, obtain a better resurrection. My, qu- uh, my question is, uh, is this scripture suggesting that there are different qualities of resurrection bodies and my second question deals with the dry bones spoken of in the book of Ezekiel, uh, how they bo- the bones came together and developed the uh, skin, et cetera, et cetera. My question is, how did those dry bones get into that valley to begin with, and does it have anything to do with the Holocaust? No, it has to do with the nation of Israel that has been scattered among the nations. God said to Ezekiel, can these bones be made to live again? And Ezekiel said to the Lord, Thou knowest, 
And he said, speak to the bones. Say to come together. And there was a rattling and a shaking, and pretty soon bone came to bone. And then pretty soon he said, then speak to them. And muscle and flesh came upon them, and they stood on their feet. And then God says, so I will gather my people Israel from among the nations as they've been scattered. Now, it is interesting that we find today the nation of Israel is back in their homeland, speaking Hebrew with Jerusalem as the capital, just as Jesus said it would be in Luke chapter 21, that Jerusalem would be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Jerusalem is no longer trodden down by the Gentiles. It is a united capital. That happened in 1967. And the Bible says against incredible odds that it would be again. Now, again, when Jesus said that it would come back into existence and be under Jewish control, was ridiculous. It was under Roman control when Jesus said that. And then it was utterly burned to the ground in 70 AD when a Roman general named Titus came in and burned the city, tore it down. And the people of Israel were only allowed to go back into their homeland, back into their sacred city of Jerusalem once a year on the day that it was destroyed as a mockery. But today, Jerusalem stands just as Jesus said it would. And Jesus then goes on in Luke 21 and says, and the generation that sees these things will not pass away till they're all fulfilled. Speaking, I believe clearly of this seven-year period tribulation time and the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he sets up his thousand-year reign on this earth. Your thoughts? Yeah, what I think is so powerful about the illustration in Ezekiel is, um, is, and I think the point being made uh, is, uh, in a broader sense, is uh, how nothing is impossible with God. Um, you know, he, he could have said, I'm going to bring my people back to Israel. Uh, this is what's going to happen. Or, um, but he made it with it through an il- this illustration uh, very clearly so that we, we do not lose hope. No matter how uh, impossible things may seem here on earth, uh, the situations, etc., um, we can hope in the Lord knowing that nothing is impossible with him. If you were to talk to people uh, 100, 200 years ago, uh, or maybe say 200, 300 you know, years ago, whatever, and say, oh yeah, Israel's going to be a nation again, uh, they, they'd say, what are, you, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, and, and, and just the, but yet what happened is, yeah, they were, they were scattered, yet they maintained their faith, they, they maintained the, their language, their culture, and God preserved it and then brought them back miraculously amidst tremendous hostility. Uh, they've been attacked, they won, they've been attacked, they've won. Uh, you know, the six day war is the, the you know, a, a huge miracle for Israel. If you, read and research what happened. Uh, and so I, I think that when we look at, look at that, not just in the, in the literal context, but also uh, I think is, the, is the, the bigger message, which is that nothing is impossible with God. Every jot and tittle of the word will come to pass, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what we see around us, our hope and our faith must be in the Lord and his holy word, which will be fulfilled. And as and again, when we look at this and and understand um, that 
there's there's um now is is this where you you you're wondering about the quality of resurrection yes well when we understand that there is um um uh we're all going to um when we absent from the body present with the lord but we know that when we go into heaven our ability to lay up treasure in heaven is over and there is a crown for being a martyr there is a crown for uh preaching the gospel there are crowns and rewards for those who diligently seek him we don't find this just in one place in the bible uh it is found in many places uh jesus said in matthew uh, 6:20 he said to uh store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves don't break through to steal so a better resurrection would be a resurrection with more reward. Now, evidently, there was a way that maybe they could have wiggled out of this death sentence. Uh, maybe, um, well, if by walking away, uh, you, uh, you're saying you're not really in love with God that much or something. I don't know. But uh, there's not better resurrections in that uh, you're going to get a, 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 a super-duper body. It's, I believe, speaking as we find in Matthew, and I'll just read some of them to you. Um, uh, Matthew nineteen twenty one. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Every one of these verses that we find here, uh, 1 Timothy 6, 9, Luke 18, 22, um, um, these verses speak of going into heaven and not going in just by the skin of our teeth, but going in with reward, crowns, if you will. Right. Uh, and the Bible says, if you've been faithful over little, I'll make you faithful over much. Any last thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the scripture has a number of places, you know, like the, 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 the coins, the talents, uh, for example, is a classic example where um, there is a distinction uh, with what we do down here and the rewards that we build in heaven. That's uh, not a, a uh, an isolated point in Scripture. There's a multiple aspects to that in and expressed in Scripture. So um, I think it's something that we should all take very seriously. Um, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to have a, a super body. I I don't think I'm going to have you know bigger biceps more than someone else you know because of something that um, you know in that spirit. I think it, it's going to be in a spiritual realm, and uh, we will have a new a new body. But uh, it's it's going to be more a matter of of uh, of the extent to which we gave uh, glory to the Lord and live for the Lord here on earth. And uh, it's going to be a, an exciting time for us uh, to uh, to see what all is uh, is in store. I think God's got a great track record. We can count on him. And uh, if he says it's uh, that there's going to be rewards in heaven, um, that we may not be able to conceive and understand it all because of our limited dimension, uh, we can trust our Heavenly Father that it's definitely uh, worth uh, the uh, the aspiration and and uh, the commitment in our down here on earth. So I, I hope that hope that answers it for you. Yeah, I mean, that, I just want to say real quick, particularly you to you, Mike. Uh, I'm just you guys are so awesome in your in your knowledge of God's word, and I've never called in and asked asked one question that you guys could not be able to answer. So that is a blessing. So God bless you guys. Well, God's good. I tell everybody. Study your Bible. You're going to know what God's Word says about these things. And again, when we find a verse that seems to be 
hard to understand, like a better resurrection, just as you're asking out of Hebrews 11.35. What does the Bible say about the resurrection? Well, when we look at the entirety of God's Word, it comes into clarity. In other words, this way, people don't go off and say, well, a better resurrection is you're going to come back and you're going to have so many muscles on your body, you're going to look like a bodybuilder. See, and this is how cults get started, because they don't look at what does the other verses say about resurrection. That's so important. What does the Bible say about being a martyr, which that's what it's pointing out here in uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews, is, is speaking of. When we look at eternity, what does the Bible say about eternity? What does the Bible say about the moment you die? Well, uh, and Stephen fell asleep, and so therefore our church believes in soul sleep. Never mind what the Bible says where, as an example, Jarius' daughter, the little girl that was sick, he came to Jesus, said, will you come and, and lay hands on my daughter? He, and they came to him while he was talking to don't trouble the master, your daughter has died. Jesus said, let's go anyway. They went, she said, she's only sleeping. They laughed him to scorn. He goes in, lays hands on her, and the Bible says her spirit returned to her. It does not say her spirit woke up in her, same way it is in uh, the book of Kings, Chapter 17 in the Old Testament, where Elijah prayed for a little boy, his, his spirit returned to him. Now, what then does it mean in the book of Acts concerning Stephen? He fell asleep. That's speaking of his flesh, his body. Hey, listen, all of our bodies, bar the rapture, are going to fall asleep. They're going to die. That's what it says. But why, I think the reason why the Bible uses that word that way is because we don't die the way the world does. We know that our absent in the body, present with the Lord, and we know that someday our spirit will be reunited with a body that doesn't break down. I don't believe anybody in heaven right now is lacking anything that's died in faith. That's a spiritual world. But when we come back to rule and reign with Christ on this earth for a thousand years, Jesus offered Thomas, put your fingers in the holes in my hands and thrust your hand into my side where the Roman spear went in. Do you have anything to eat, Jesus said. So he's not a phantom or a ghost, but he had a body that could appear behind locked doors and vanish out of their sight. That's a body I don't know about. Paul says, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to be, but we know when we see him, we're going to be like him. I think that's really neat. But we have to, again, Look at what the other verses in the Bible say about, as an example, the moment of death, or what it says about our security with the Lord, or whether, no matter what it is, we have to look at all the verses and then understand what it is. This is how cults are started. This is how uh, uh, different denominations are started. They take one verse or a couple, a couple of verses out of context oftentimes, disregarding the other verses and build entire theologies upon it. And thus, they come up with these ideas. Well, only the predestinated ones can go to heaven. You've heard that? That ain't what the Bible teaches. Yeah, the Bible says it's not that I chose you, uh, that you chose me, I chose you. But the Bible says he chose everyone. For God so loved the world, whosoever would believe in his name would not perish 
but have everlasting life. Jesus said, go preach the gospel to every creature. So yeah, from God's perspective, we're predestined. He knows the beginning from the end. Nothing, nothing pulled over on God. But for us, we're to go preach the gospel to everybody. And the Spirit, in verse 22, or chapter 22 of Revelation, it says, and the Spirit and the Bride, that's all of us, to everyone listening, say come. I like that. Everybody has an ability to go to heaven. And I think that's such a good thing when we understand the all-loving God that we serve each and every day. All the verses, the entirety of God's Word, not just the sermons that pastor likes or uh, our Bible study likes, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Ken, hope that helps. Stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, and the movie Jesus. I know you'll really enjoy it. With that, we'll go to Teresa, Alabama. Hi, welcome. Hello, Teresa, are you there? Yes. Well, Teresa, we've only got a couple minutes. How can we help? Okay. Uh, uh, I came out of an abusive situation, and uh, it's been a while. And uh, my daughter clings to her dad. She has children, and she's real ugly to me and leaves ugly messages. And I am wondering now uh, if all. Uh, if a child says to honor your mother and father, should she honor her dad and do me like this? Or uh... Well, I don't think anybody has a right to treat anybody mean, dear, whether it be your mother or your next-door neighbor. If we're Christians, we're supposed to treat each other the way Jesus loves us. The Bible, Jesus said, this is my commandment that I give to you, that you love one another. That's not a that's not an option like you know custom wheels on your new car that you're ordering it it's it's a command. Jesus said if you love me keep my commandments and my commandment is this that you love one another. Brad your thoughts. Yeah. Um you know it, it, we as Christians can uh, and sometimes need to have boundaries in our relationships uh when there's sometimes uh issues or potential uh, hurting that can take place. Uh, but that's totally separate from uh, the basic Christian principle, though, of uh, giving love and respect for your, your parents. Um, even if, uh, you know, I, I don't know your situation. Uh, I would pray uh, for your, your daughter. Uh, pray for uh, that God gives you a peace and um, a reconciliation. And, uh, and to take away any bitterness that may Amen. be coming from way as she's responding to you right now. Amen. Teresa, Father, just give her wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Brad, for being on. Look forward to seeing you Sunday. To know more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.